coaches. Today, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the CoachPad and CoachPad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates, and here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Uh, today we have a fantastic guest with us. Um, he is the special teams coordinator and linebacker coach at Mama Mater Ohio University, uh, Coach Nate Fainis. Coach, how you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Coach can't complain. Um, I'm, I'm glad I can get another. I think this would be what the fourth coach from the best university, <laughs> the fourth best university in the state of Ohio. Um, <laughs> and that, that's all, that all really needs to be said. But um, Coach, I mean, before we kind of get started, um, you want to kind of give coaches your um, background so you know how you know to be in the, the linebacker coach and, and special teams coordinator there down in Athens? Yeah, well, first, again, appreciate you letting me come on. Uh, you know, I started off uh, coaching high school football uh, for, for uh, three years, uh, actually while I was in college. And... Um, you know, I had a knee injury my senior year of high school and was maybe going to go play Division three college football and uh, decided I know I want to start coaching. So start started coaching high school and uh, coached quarterbacks actually for for uh, three years. And then uh, actually got the opportunity to go home uh, to my home where, where I grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and and get on staff at a Division three uh, school in, in, at UW Eau Claire actually coaching on the offensive side of the ball there as well. I coached, you know, all through tight ends, running backs, uh, quarterbacks. Uh, and that was the one thing I, I'll always appreciate is <laughs> I rec- you know, our, our head coach forced us to coach different positions and uh, especially as young guys and forced us to recruit different areas of, of Wisconsin and Minnesota and uh, even Illinois. So uh, after there, I got, uh, I got lucky enough to get get connected at at Ohio University, uh, GA'd for three years, and uh, I kind of climbed the ladder from there as a linebacker coach and, and special teams coordinator. Now, what was that transition? I mean, before we get to the special teams part, because you've done a fantastic mm-hmm. job with that from everything that I've read and watched. Um, but what was that transition like? Because, uh, like you I said, you played offense. You were primarily an offensive coach prior to coming to Athens. What was that transition like and learning curve like from going from an offensive coach to becoming a, a defensive GA and taking over linebackers at Ohio University? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it, it, I think, it, I think it definitely helped me be a better defensive coach that I coached on offense all those years. That's for sure. Uh, you know, how, how I, you know, I can always bring a little different perspective being a, former 
quarterback, quote unquote, and uh, 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 former offensive guy. But uh, but there there was especially early on as as GA there was there was certainly a learning curve there. But uh, but uh, ultimately it was it was a great move. You know I love it. I love I love the room I'm in. But early on there was a, there was you know some fundamental things that I had to learn. Uh, some uh, scheme things I kind of I kind of understood just being a quarter, coach of quarterbacks and, and things like that. There's, uh, you know, I kind of had a handle on that, but there was certainly some fundamental and technique things that I that I learned early on that that helped. And um, you know, uh, but I really enjoy it now. So good. Now, now you obviously had a very good defensive staff to kind of pick brains from. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been a pretty good solid staff down there that's been. For most part, I mean, it hasn't changed in a while. Um, is there anybody else besides that core staff that you kind of pick brains from that kind of helped that transition outside of the group at, down in Athens? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly guys from from my days at UW-Eau Claire, uh, the defense coordinator and and former head coach that I worked for there, uh, you know, because it was – it was kind of uh, up in the air. Hey, I'm, I'm kind of taking a leap of faith here. Not, you know, not coaching a ton of defense, coaching a little bit of DB play, but not not a ton of defense. And so, you know, kind of called them and got their got their advice. And you know, uh, certainly there's there's always a, a, a close group or circle of of people you trust that you lean on and and ask questions and pick their brains about or pick their brains about things. And that was certainly the case there. Now, I mean, would that trans after you got done with that transition and getting where you need to, where do you start at? Obviously, the starting point for high school and college are different spots. I like we're usually starting from like scratch half the time. Either somebody who's never played the position, or if they have playing experience at linebacker, it's probably middle school. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys obviously recruit people who've probably played the position or who are just really good athletes and are transitioning to the position. Where do you start at like day one? Obviously there's the scheme aspect that you're going to involve too, but from a fundamental standpoint, where do you start? Where do you focus? What is your day one either in the spring or the fall when you get new freshmen start at? Yeah. I I love that time of year, to be honest with you. Uh, You know, I usually start, we always start with uh, the offensive stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, I start with the offensive stuff. So, you know, what do we call formations? What does a formation look like? Uh, what do we call the backfield sets? What do we call the offensive offensive plays, routes, things like that? So, again, we're speaking the same language from the start. And then, you know, then we get into the, okay, here's your stance. Here's what you're looking at. You know, we always start alignment, assignment, key, and technique. And, and that is then, our, you know, Passed down from me, from Coach Burrow, who was our, our defense coordinator uh, when I first got here and who I GA'd for and, and worked for, for Coach Collins uh, as well. And, and that was a, that's an old Monty Kiff, an alignment assignment, key technique. He was Coach Burrow's defense coordinator in college. <laughs> so, so that's been kind of passed down from, from Monty Kiffin to, to us. So. That was that, that's where I start with, you know, the young guys, the old guys, all of them. I mean, they probably get sick of hearing that. But, you know, what's my alignment? What's my assignment? What's my key? What's my take? And on every snap. But uh, start with the offensive stuff. 
stance and start and 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 start breaking down you know run game techniques and and it kind of goes from there but the first thing is we got to be speaking the same language because it's all the same things you know somebody might call it power or you know whatever everybody's got everybody's got a different term for that route everybody's got a different term it's all the same so we just just speak in the same language now i mean and you don't have to tell me the specifics of it but do you guys on defense try to make sure your terminology is as close or the same as the offensive terminology on the offensive staff that way there's an easy uh communication back and forth on what you need to have say especially for practice points yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's some things that we'll call different, you know, we got different terms for or something, but yeah, certainly for the most part, uh, we, you know, we're, we're trying to, it's the same, same deal, right? We're trying to speak the same language with our kids. We're trying to speak the same language with the coaches. And so everybody's, everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So yeah, there, we try, we try to do uh, as much crossover as we can. You know, if we see a new route or some, Hey, that's, that's what our offense calls this or whatever. Okay. Uh, uh, so we, we will, there's, there, there are some things that, that, uh, that we won't call the same, you know, we might have a blitz called something that our offense calls a route. We don't want to call the same, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, there's certain circumstances that, that way where we don't want to, we don't want to confuse our guys, but for the most part, we try to try to try to be in sync that way. Okay. Now, I mean, going back to your alignment assignment, key technique, um, where do you start drill wise? on the field i'm always curious about this because like I, I took over it's not not the first time i've coached linebackers but it's last year is the first time i'd coached linebackers in probably i don't know five or six years um mm -hmm. where where do you start drill wise and how or how do you drill those things from a practice standpoint and then mm -hmm. on top of that how much time do you get for practice on from an individual standpoint mm -hmm. uh the first thing i always start with is is stance and start. I mean, just like any, you know, receiver, whatever position you're coaching, that's, that's, that's usually day one stuff, but we, we always start with stance and start and some sort of movement drill of keying a tail back and I'm in my stance and, you know, fat, uh, flow one way, inside zone, one way, outside zone, the other way, counter, uh, things like that. Footwork. Um, I don't do a ton of like bag worker things during the season. Uh, but you know, Certainly footwork wise and, and eye wise, just keying a back and mirror, mirroring his footwork, things like that. Uh, during it, it depends on the time of year for, for individual, usually fall camp is pretty heavy individual. And, uh, you know, depending on the practice, you know, try to get try to get 20 minutes of it and, and at least, if not more. And then, uh, you know, do some sort of group work, whether it's a half line pass drill with the DBs or uh you know something along those lines with run fits on the can I, you know i do a lot of walkthroughs pre-practice on cans and you know focusing on eyes and movement and keys and footwork uh and then you know again getting getting individual and then group work with with some of the other defensive guys okay now what is that now i'm always i've always been a big proponent of trash cans personally but what is mm -hmm. your like run fit or your um trash can period look like what are you looking for how intense is it yeah. um i i yeah. i think that's a, a personally i i know some people are not proponents of it but i'm a big proponent of fitting and walking through oh i love it memory. yeah i think the, the kids probably get sick of it but yeah i i love it 
you know, I get, I, I have two sets of cans. I have, you know, I have, I have our five O-Lyman cans and I have four smaller yellow cans of V-Lyman that's set the front. So we go through our pre-stamp communication. Again, you try to make it everything you do as game-like as possible. Game-like movement, get your pads down. You know, it's not a true, you know, standing, walking around, but it's, it's as game-like as we can make it. Uh, get whether, whether it's uh, scout team guys or, uh, other linebackers and I'm standing behind, uh, you know, and I, I have a graduate assistant with me. That's a quarterback and we get a tailback, a tight end, or whether we're doing 12 or 11 or whatever personnel run fits and, uh, they're, they're fitting up their gaps. So I'll give, give them a defense call. They have, they have a few things that they're going to go through pre-snap on every snap. Again, uh, the first thing they're always going to call out, so they're going to set the front first. And then they're going to uh, yell out actually their alignment. Uh, and so the Mike linebackers always communicate in their alignment and then they're going to communicate the run fit. So we have a name for each run fit. We don't have very many run fits, but uh, that, that all gets communicated pre-snap. So, you know, we go through our pre-snap, uh, you know, communication of that and then execute the call, whatever the call is and the run fit and the, you know, whatever the, the run game is that week, we're going to see a bunch of, uh, we'll get a ton of reps of that. But yeah, I do, I do it a lot. I do it a lot in pre-practice before practice or walkthroughs. Uh, I think it's extremely beneficial. Okay. Now, I mean, um, oh, I just lost, completely lost my train of thought, but I will, um, I'll just move on to the next thing. Cause it'll come back to me at some point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, you mentioned also there that you're not a big fan of bags or use bags a lot during, especially during the season. Why is that? Why, why avoid the bags? Why is there, is there a personal reason? Is there? No, it's just, yeah, no. And we do it a ton in in fall camp. And uh, I just, once we get into the season, there's less time for, uh, for individuals. So kind of getting to your, your question before, once we get rolling into the season, there's, there's, uh, less amount of time for individual drills and that that's uh you know i'd rather go hit the one-man sled or work on block destruction and tackling and, and things like that uh during the season uh i you know we get to that a little bit more uh than we do in in uh you know just footwork wise we'll do stance and start but just bag work is 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 there's just not you know a ton of time for it so I'll do I'll do it once every every now and then, but it's not an everyday drill for me. So I shouldn't say it. I I don't necessarily don't like it. It's just not a, you know, the can work. We're going to do it every day. Uh, uh, some sort of block destruction drill we're going to do every day. Some sort of tackling drill we're going to do every day. But uh, you know, bags. You know that that's a every you know maybe a once a week thing for us. Okay. Now now how I mean how varied do you get in your block destruction and tackling drills? Obviously, I mean, I mean, do you guys do a tackling circuit or is it kind of mostly individualized based position based? Um, and then is that is some of that based off? OK, we're sucking at this, so we need to work on this open field tackle or Certainly. How, how do you how do you guys focus on that? Yeah, but, uh, we do both. Uh, we, we do do a tackling circuit. We do a block destruction circuit. Um, you know, it's, but I also do it on my own too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have some, some specific things, uh, 
you know, w- that we hit on in, in a circuit. And then uh, we also hit on it when I, when I got individual time. So we do do a, it's a five station uh, tackling circuit, you know, and you, and you get your profile tackle, your tracking drills, uh, you know, things like that in a circuit. And then uh, I'll, I'll do the same thing in, in, uh, in my individual time. So we'll, we'll certainly do both. Um, just kind of depends again on, on the time of year and, and where our bodies are at and, and all that. But, uh, but I, I like the circuit again, it's, it gets guys going, right. You know, gets guys going. And, uh, uh, but you know, early on, we're, we're going to do a circuit every day. We're going to do a, a takeaway circuit. We're going to do a, uh, at least one a day takeaway circuit, block destruction circuit, tackling circuit, uh, pursuit drill. We lump, lump that in. Uh, so, uh, we will do one of those a day at some point. Now, what is that? I'm always curious. Like, I, I think I, I think most of us have a good idea of what a, a tackling circuit and a turnover circuit look like at this point. Um, what is your what is the block destruction circuit look like? Um, how many stations? What does that kind of look like for you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we do. Uh, there's there's five stations, uh, and we will hit we have two different kind of sleds there's a there's a uh a two-man that will hit uh we have a, a some version of a leverage sled that will hit uh there's a uh, you know body on body you know a guy guy locking it out snapping it off uh and then uh defeating the cut block so those are, I think those are four of the five. I can't, I don't know what the, I can't remember what the last one was off the top of my head, but uh, you know, just, just different versions of getting off of blocks. How do you escape if I, my primary gap, my secondary gap uh, and, and, and finishing, whether it's with a strip, you know, we try to incorporate finishing, finishing with the ball with a strip, catching interception, uh, matching a hand, you know, something like that. But uh you know, we, we have two different sleds we hit. Uh, we get some uh, uh, engaged work where I'm I'm nose to nose with the guy and I'm locking it out and snapping it off. And then then we get about three yards apart. I guess that'd be the last one, about three yards apart and lock it out and snap it off. So uh, some perimeter stuff in there. So, yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, how – my next question is from a pass pro's perspective is how do you teach – um, pass drops um, to your linebackers moving on from our, our blocking circuit. But mm-hmm. when we get to a pass drop perspective is what, what are you telling your linebacker? Obviously it'll change a little bit by per coverage, um, mm-hmm. but what, what are they, what are you having them look for? What, what are their footwork? What is, how's that drilled for you guys? Mm-hmm. Well, the, 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 you know, we, we play two, two, two basic, you know, we're either a, a match coverage or a, or a uh, zone coverage and our zone coverage, we give them, we give them uh, landmarks and, and they know, Hey, I, I know I got pre-snap. I got to know what my exit angle is to my landmark. And so, uh, you know, and my landmark changes from in the middle of field versus I'm, I'm on a hash. So just drilling that 
part of, you know, just flat out spot dropping. And again, that's kind of on the cans, maybe a pre-practice thing of uh, working to, to my landmark. Uh, you know, we, we I, we're going to backpack. We're going to, you know, depending on where I'm at, I either backpedal or I'm opening at a 45 and cross over running and, and selling my feet. So uh, a lot of match coverage. Uh, again, we have a guy basically man to man up to, up to 10 yards. And so a lot of our, our, uh, where we're not dropping a lot, we're met, we're matched. So, uh, you know, again, a lot of our work with that, again, on the Kansas, just different route combinations and guys switching and being able to dish things off and communicating and, uh, staying on, the, on, the, we call it staying on the line versus quick pass and not getting any depth because it's very easy to, Hey, I got, I got a landmark and I'm supposed to get to that spot. And, all of a sudden it's quick game and you're dropping and the ball's thrown right in front of you. <laughs> so, you know, just keying that part of it uh, and, and kind of going from there. Okay. Now, I mean, um, yeah, I still can't remember what I was going to ask you earlier, but oh, well, um, <laughs> I had like, something else down that I didn't write down and it is what it is. Um, kind of actually, here, actually, I know where I want to go with this. Um, and here, here's something I've sucked at for 11 years. So, um, maybe you have a better idea than I do. How do you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I have always sucked at teaching pass rush to linebackers um, on blitzes, on whether they're on the line, off the line. Um, you have any ideas, any tips, anything? Because I have sucked at it for eleven years, and I, we need a better pass rush. So yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 it's. That's that's a hard question because uh, again it's it depends on how much you're how much you're pass rushing and again the, the hard thing is is uh, you know uh, you know it's how much time you can devote to it an individual because if, if you're gonna you know the, those defensive linemen get all those special teams time to do all their pass rush stuff man I'm I'm jealous I'm coaching special teams I look down there and all those D linemen are down there down there working on on pass rush so. Uh, you know, it's about devoting time to it. You know, I, 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 I try to teach, you know, everything that I teach, and, and this is something that I truly believe in is I give them, you know, and everybody, I, you know, I think, I think this is a saving thing, but uh, is I, I try to give them a toolbox and, and every defense has a toolbox and every technique has, a, you know, is in that toolbox. So there's a pass rush toolbox. There's a cover three toolbox. There's a cover four toolbox. And, at some point, you're going to have to reach into that toolbox of things that I'm teaching you of, of these techniques, and you're going to have to pull it out and use it. And so, pass rush toolbox again. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to teach you a couple things, and you're going to have to have a go-to thing. You have to have a go-to pass rush when you when you're rolling. And and I got I got guys where it's no, you're you're trying to bowl, you're trying to go through that guy. You don't get to be fancy and try to run around people. It's you you go run, you stick your face in there, and you try to run through them. And then there's other guys that that are able to flip their hips a little bit better and 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 uh, maybe double swipe and, and get to the quarterback. But uh, you know, I, I, it's always hard for me because I'm trying to find the happy medium as well. Of, of am I teaching enough pass rush to these guys, or uh, uh, or or uh, do I need to do more? Do I need to do less? Am I am I am I overcoaching? Hey, just be an athlete, right? I mean, just just go be. Speed with speed. So uh, I, I, I teach, you know, and, our, and I worked with our, our DNs coach, Pete Germano, on this of, of teaching 
pass rush sets because the, 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 the DNs are, are taught, you know, depending on the kind of set they're getting, uh, you know, is he vertical high, is he vertical low, or, or, you know, where's his body, what's his body demeanor? Is he perpendicular line of scrimmage? Is he, is he square to line of scrimmage and, and all that stuff? And, uh, you know, we dive into that a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's get off the ball. Okay. So we work a ton on get off. So whether it's I'm on the line of scrimmage, we have our inside foot up, uh, you know, rolling up over that, the, the hardest thing and the biggest thing, I, in my opinion, that, that I have to teach is your first step and your get off. And because uh, we'll have guys fall stepping, we'll have guys uh, stepping in the bucket or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you got to roll up over your front toe and, and get rolling. And that's that's the one thing I teach the most of. And then after that, it's about trying to win the spot and and beat beat the tackle to the spot or beat whoever you are to the spot. And, and from there, it's it's. How do you finish? Are you gonna are you gonna double swipe his hands? Is he, or are you gonna try to bull rush him? And it all kind of depends on the set, and that, that's kind of kind of how we teach. Is it depends on the set. If they, if that guy is perpendicular line of scrimmage, well, I'm gonna try to power him back into the quarterback. And uh, you know what, what's his? If I can really get up the field and threaten, and he gets turned too far, maybe I can stab him back and come under underneath the quarterback when I'm at quarterback level. So. Uh, Certainly a lot of that's kind of a long convoluted answer, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, I try to give, try to give the guys a, a menu or a toolbox of things of, Hey, here's the things that are going to work. Here's the situations that you're going to use them. You're going to have to pull it out, find a thing that you like, find a thing that you're good at, work on it, rep it, rep it, rep it. And I'll, I'll show you on film and in practice when's the right time to use it. Now you mentioned a toolbox there. How do you present that toolbox to them? Because like there's the old, I think everybody in America's seen, and I was talking actually to my staff today about this, um, the 2008 Nick Saban 400 page playbook um, yeah. online. But how do you present that toolbox to them? Is there okay? Here's a manual, or here's yeah. a video file that you send out to them, or is it every is it piece by piece in the classroom? How do you present that? How does that evolve throughout? Yeah. I don't know, maybe the course of time you've been a linebacker's coach. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly has evolved. That's a great question. Uh, you know, and my, my background is in, my undergrad is in education. My master's is in coaching education, but it's in, you know, education. And so that classroom, man, is, is sacred to me. So, uh, you know, we always start every toolbox, whether it's pass rush, cover three, you know, whatever defense it is, is there is a, uh, you know, basically an index, a page index. Uh, here's, here's, it's box technique, okay? And here's the description of it. Uh, then, I ha- then I have each of those drawn out and those guys get a, get a binder with the manual in it and it will have, okay, box technique is this. And then we'll go, they'll go to the next page and it's drawn out for them. Here's box technique. And then I have that slide on the screen in my classroom uh, when I'm going through film with them and I'll, you know, so they're writing down as I'm talking and I'm going to show them film a box technique and then we're going to go outside and we're going to rep it. And so you're getting it. You're going to see it on the screen. You're going to see it on your paper. You're going to hear me talking about it. You're going to take notes as I'm talking about it. You're going to see film of it on the screen. And then uh, when we go outside, you're going to actually rep it. And so you're getting, you're, you're going to hear it. You're going to see it. You're going to write it down. You're going to learn it 
you know, a bunch of different ways. And that's always been my goal is I've got guys that, that, that learn and every which way. No, <laughs> some guys can, you know, I've coached guys where, where you just have to say it once and, you know, I don't have to say it any anymore. They don't have to see film of it. They just got to hear it and they can go out there and execute it. I got other guys that uh, need to be moved and, and pushed and told, Hey, here, here's where your fit is, you know, or whatever. And so everybody learns differently. Uh, and so I got to be able to be flexible enough to teach it in, in a bunch of different ways. And so that's what I've always tried to do with when we're installing stuff is and with our technique toolboxes is okay. Here's, here's your menu or here's your, here's your toolbox. Here's all the things in it. And then we go to the next page and it's a slide of a picture of it. And then the film of it, the description, and they're going to hear it and, and kind of over and over again. Now, going back to your, that meeting room portion, what is your mm -hmm. meetings look like? Obviously you, you, you hold two hats here being working mm -hmm. special teams and then working linebackers. And they're, they're two completely different rooms in the honesty, because I've done mm -hmm. both. Like special teams, it's pretty much the whole team in various chunks um, yep. outside of really like quarterbacks who kind of, I mean, outside maybe like field goal. I mean, they're probably not on anything. And then kind of like you mm -hmm. mentioned D-line and O-line, unless it's field goal also. I mean, they're mm -hmm. probably, unless they're just a fantastic athlete sprinting, I mean, they're probably not on most special teams. Um, how do – I mean, how do your meeting rooms look? Let's, let's start with the special teams meeting room. Like, what does that, those kind of meetings look like? How do you set that up? How do you present information to those kids in those atmospheres? Mm -hmm. Same. I try, I try to keep, keep it the same. It's a little bit, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's a lot bigger room. You know, there's a lot more people in it. Uh, but certainly uh, I try to keep it the same. I try to keep it, you know, have slides, have something, try, you got to do something to, keep guys engaged uh and so it's it's the same i there's a there's a toolbox for special team every special teams unit and and every uh technique there's a there's a picture of it there's a there's a slide of it there's a <laughs> there's a film of it and you're gonna hear me talk about it so it's presented very similarly uh, uh the same way as as i do with the linebackers in the technique toolbox uh, but uh, usually on, when we're in season, there's, there's, there's two, we usually start our day with special teams meetings. There's usually two, two special teams meetings for about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and it'll be punt, punt return. And then we go to position meetings and then we go to practice. So I get my special teams meeting in, uh, before the linebacker meeting. Uh, and so, you know, what, depending on the day, whether it's early on at fall camp, whether it's install or, or, or when we're in the season and we're, uh, you know, we're, we're breaking somebody down, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta do something to keep engaged. And, uh, you know, it's been easy for me because I stepped into a good spot in special teams where guys were already engaged and love special teams and the call, special teams culture with coach Solich and coach Haynes and the people that came before me in this, in this spot were, were, were fantastic. So uh, I got kind of lucky when I stepped into that role. Now, how do you, I mean, you mentioned 20, 30 minute meetings and you kind of mentioned keeping them engaged. How do you keep them engaged? Um, like, obviously, they're, they're a college athlete. They're supposed to be engaged, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's, it's also, in, in right or wrong, I mean, the, the, I'm not going to say the attention span is probably a bad word, but they're, 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 they have different – student athletes these days have a different ability to focus than they did 15, 20 years ago. 
Now, part of that's phones, part of that's whatever you want to call it. But how do you keep them engaged in that aspect? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's a great question. Uh, uh, you know, the, like I said, I try to have something visual, something to break up. So it's not just me standing up there with remote monotone going over film, which uh, even for me can get boring. So doing something, uh, you know, having a PowerPoint slide, trying to find something. Uh, I try to break up the meeting with something, you know, if I find a film clip of something funny or something that happened in a game or something, you know, really good teaching quality of, hey, here's a situation that happened last week or two weeks ago or first week of the game, whatever, you know, something situationally that happened, you know, hey, look at look at this guy fair catch the one hop surprise onside like the Oklahoma, we showed our guys the Oh, I don't know if you remember the Oklahoma game. I can't remember who they were playing at the season. Maybe it was TCU. I can't remember. There was a surprise onside, and a guy uh, fair caught it very smartly. One one hop, fair caught it. You know, so we we break up meetings by showing them cool teach clips like that, or uh, you know, trying you know whether it's visual aids of of slides, or you know, we always have some sort of competition going throughout the year of uh, you know. Uh, for kickoff, it's the Jaeger Award. Chuck Jaeger broke the speed of sound. So I call it the Jaeger Award. Whoever's uh, first, first the opposite 40 on kickoff, you know, gets the Jaeger Award for that rep. And so, you know, we got the countdown of who's got the most Jaegers and, you know, production chart of, you know, who's got the most tackles inside the 20 on kickoff or, uh, you know, cool things like that to try to keep it competitive, uh, try to keep it, uh, again, trying to find cool teach clips of, of situations that happen to, you know, you, I, I try to find NFL film of, of something a guy might like, you know, and, and it's, the same goes for linebackers. I mean, if I can find, uh, you know, Devin White doing something that's really good, okay, the kid, you know, the guys might, guys might look at that and go, oh, coach teaching us to spill, you know, how to spill. And there's, there's Devin White spilling against the Saints or whatever, you know. So trying to find things like that to keep, keep guys engaged, something different. Now, you, know, you mentioned their production chart. What does that look like grading for like line? I mean, I, I mean we could get the special teams, but that'd be a, a whole different mm-hmm. other podcast and yeah. things. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, oh, it's like all those phases and yeah, we're not going to get into that right now. Um, but from a linebacker standpoint, how do you grade production? How do you evaluate? What does that look like for you? Cause I'm always curious on the grading and evaluating um, individual positions and how coaches do that. Yeah. Well, uh, every practice, every, everything is graded for me on, on, and I grade everything and it's just plus minus uh, for, you know, that, that play. And then there's, there's some sort of comment and, and I, I grade out. Um, there's a reason why I was a minus. So there's, you know, was it a technical error? Was it a mental error? Was it a penalty? Was it a, uh, loaf, which I don't, I think we, I don't think we had one loaf all year. So that's a hats off to the guys, but, uh, you know, um, what's the, some sort of comment of why it was plus or minus, and, uh, you know, production chart of, of all the positive stuff, tackles, quarterback hurries, all that stuff. But, you know, the, the, uh, meat and potatoes of it is the, the why it was a plus or minus. So I try to give, you know, not every play has a comment on it, but, uh, but, but the good ones do. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Now, now, that, now you mentioned there, does that include practice? I mean, obviously you try to film as much practice as, as you humanly can, um, but is that just games or how much, how much involved in that practice? Is that only team reps in practice? How, what is, I mean, how in depth do you get into the grading and from the practice standpoint? I'll, I'll plus minus grade everything in practice. Uh, now individual, it gets a little hard because I, I, you know, I, I can give them, you know, feedback out on the field and that's a little bit easier, but seven on seven uh, group work and team will get, will get plus minus graded every day. I won't, I won't chart tackles or anything like that. Sometimes, you know, we'll, as a defensive staff, we'll chart strip attempts, you know, where we're trying to tr create takeaways. We'll, we'll chart things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll plus minus everything and, and there'll be comments and the guys know that they're, they'll come in and watch the film before, before we meet. And my comments will be on the table, whether it's on paper or on the, on the screen, uh, they can pull up the film and, and kind of watch the comments. And, and, and so they get a feel for the film before I even come in. Okay. Now, now so with the change in, uh, not even a change, really the need to adjust due to COVID, um, how much of that stuff do you send out voiceovered or um, ahead of time for them to look at compared to what it was prior to COVID? Because obviously with the advancement of Zoom, oh, I don't know, it's a horrible word, um, <laughs> with the adjustment to Zooms and other things, because I was listening, I was talking to a high school defense coordinator the other day, and he was talking about how he, for on his uh, Sundays he sends out um, his installs or any corrections out in the huddle and with him voiced over talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, that way they can listen to it come into Monday and be good to go. How much do you mess with that with Zoom? Because I know I remember talking to Coach Izzy and he talked about some stuff he adjusted because of obviously uh, COVID. But how has that caused you to change any? Has that adjusted how you either present information or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Or uh, evaluate your kids? Yeah, I think uh, it definitely changed uh, how I get them the information. And so I don't do a ton of voiceover stuff. The guys, the guys know with my, you know, uh, my comment, you know, depending on how detailed I really want to get, uh, I haven't done a ton of that uh, other than they'll, they'll get, e they'll either get emailed or, uh, you know, the night after practice, I graded after practice and they get emailed that night with my comments uh, and their grades from practice. And so they can check it out uh, either that night or the next day before before meetings. But uh, I, I definitely I, I, you know, the whole Zoom, film over Zoom thing and the choppy film and the guy, you know, guys, uh, you know, forced them to turn their cameras on and all that. So I knew they were paying attention was, was certainly something something that I learned how to do but uh, uh, I don't do a ton of voiceover stuff I, I but they I'd, I had always just handwritten you know the thing that changed the most for me was I just you know I graded practice and as I watched it I graded it on paper and they came in and watched the film the next day because the guys come in and watch uh, so I think the thing that changed the most was was just uh, you know whether it's digitally you know, grading it, you know, and, and email, whether it's scanning it or emailing it out to the guys or, or whatnot. Okay. Now, 
I mean, before I ask my final question, I have one more thing that like, did we, is there anything you think that you do drill wise or preparation wise that is unique or that would be useful for a high school football coach? Oh, that's a or good any question. Or any recommendations, like, like any high school life, like, I mean, you can kind of take this however you want to go with it. Uh, hmm. uh, yeah, I think, you know, and the hard, the, the biggest thing that, that, I mean, you just can't drill the, the enough of, and, and we have a million different drills for it is, is the tracking part, whether you're talking man coverage or tackling, you know, everybody thinks the tackling is just the contact phase when over half of it is, is, is the, is the tracking, you know, track, whatever you want to call it, tracking the near hip, whatever the case is, but putting, putting guys in, in different, you know, hard scenarios or different scenarios of, okay, here's now this is the angle you got to track, or this is, this is a little bit different. Now you're, you're at this spot and, and you're nose to nose with the guy and he's going to sideline or whatever. Uh, just, just tracking the near hip drills and, 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 and Again, the tackling and man coverage, at least at linebacker, is very similar. Tracking the near hip and getting your eyes on the near hip and um, whatnot. So, uh, kind of serves a dual purpose. But uh, I, I do a ton of drills like that. Uh, other than that, you know, again, the 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 block destruction thing is huge. And how same foot, same shoulder. I mean, everybody know everybody talks about that, but. Uh, you know, whether, whether you're using your hands or not, same foot, same shoulder contact and uh, the timing of the drills and, and the time up of, of, of that. And then, and then the last thing is, and we've talked, we talked about this earlier, but just the amount of walk, the amount of stuff that I get done in a walkthrough before practice is, is, is huge of, um, you know, we're, we're on the cans and, and the, the pre-snap alignment, uh, you know, all the pre-snap things that, that, that and, and we don't have a very complicated defense, but uh, thing you know, offenses now, man, <laughs> they're gonna motion, they're gonna shift, they're gonna go formation in the boundary, they're gonna get to unbalanced, and you know, we got to be able to adjust to that and empty and everything. So, you know, just just the amount of communication and 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 focusing on that on, on the cans. I mean, we get a ton of work on that, and that is that is so invaluable to me the, the communication part. And then the last question for you, and I kind of gave you a little word of warning before we came on, is do you have any good Coach Rudolph stories? That I, know. I know. See, I, I, I've been kind of thinking, and, uh, you know, the, 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 he, he's got so many one-liners, okay? And so that's the thing that sticks out to me the, the, the most is, is, you know, the Southern accent, one-liners. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're appropriate to say on here, but, uh, but no, they are, but, uh, he, he's got so many, uh, and you're, you're not, you're never expecting that. That's the thing about, you know, you're never expecting it. And so, uh, that is, uh, that is the, the best thing about coach Rudolph is like, and, and he kind of got to turn and say, what, what did he say? Cause what did he say? Oh, oh, okay. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the thing about uh, him that I love is 
Uh, and the thing I've learned from him the most is just how detail oriented he is with everything, you know, whether it's recruiting, whether it's uh, uh, O-line play. And, and I don't know a ton about O-line, but uh, the, the, the fact of, of how detailed he is with everything, everything he does, whether it's around the office, whether it's out on the field, whether it's, uh, you know, with holding guys accountable and, and how detailed he is uh, about everything he does. And, uh, you know, I can tell in, in the recruiting process, because again, whether I'm recruiting somebody in an area, I'm recruiting old linemen in, in my area or uh, recruiting a linebacker specialist in his area of, of just how detailed he is with, with every aspect of, of the process in and, and, and that way. So that's the thing. That's the thing that sticks out. It's, I know it's kind of a boring story, but that's the that's the thing that uh, that sticks out to me the most about him because uh, I really appreciate that and I've learned a lot uh, uh, like that from him. So that, that's perfect, Coach. So just uh, chill right there for a second. I'll talk to you once I get done with my outro, um, and then we can wrap, like why I wrap this up, uh, Coaches. Sounds good. Um, make sure you check out our sponsors affiliates below. Uh, obviously, check out Coach Pad. Um, who's helping sponsor some of these. Um, make sure you coaches, coaches uh, contact information in terms of his Twitter will be in the bio. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Make sure you got any questions, reach out to him. Um, and then like, share, subscribe as normal. And uh, thank you for listening to our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.